Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. Wednesday night and the fifth verse. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day, not of the night. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as to others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and I don't want you to Google it. Do not Google it. Hey, see, you're on your iPad. Do not Google it. I'm taking a All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid to Google it. What happened on April 15th, 1912? The Berlin Wall did not fall. Fall from the 1912. What's that? Titanic. He got it. Titanic. I'm a bold soul. Okay. No, it was not. Get out of here. I've heard that too. But uh, it was one of the most well-known. Brother Chris hit it, man. That's pretty good. He's right on it. Do you read about it or something lately? No. Oh, that's a He's a survivor. He's a survivor. He's a Titanic. So I think I might have a, the, a story about you in here. But uh, anyway, um, one of the most well-known incidents in maritime history or in history, modern history, is that on the evening of April 15, 1912, the Titanic or the Oceana, whichever one. There's a story where Sister Tracy's coming from, is there's a story that the actual 
ship that sunk was the Oceana, and it was sunk for insurance purposes, and the Titanic was renamed the Oceana and lived its time out anyway. But that's a that's a that's full of baloney. But anyway, um, probably I don't know. But there's a lot of variations of the story. But it struck a iceberg and it sank. One of the parts of the story, and there's there's a lot that, uh, and I know that that there was a movie called Titanic that, that people watched back some years ago, and there's been books called uh, about the Titanic. A few years ago, they located the Titanic. Divers did, and I remember years ago, Clive Custer wrote a book called Raise the Titanic, which was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, it was it was it was a fiction book. And, but what there were several things that happened, and we know that the basic story is it hit a it hit an iceberg, um, and and it went down very quickly because five compartments that were they could have handled if four had been breached, but there were five that were breached. And because of that one, which is kind of a message in itself, just that one little detail, one extra compartment was breached, it went down and went down very quickly. Um, we know the story of, uh, we know the story of how, they, there's a lot of different stories that come from the wreck of the Titanic, and I don't want to go too far, but, but some of them, of course, they put the women and the children first, and they took them out in, in the lifeboats because there wasn't enough lifeboats for everybody. Supposedly, the uh, ship band um, uh, played the song as the ship went down. They sang, Nearer my God to thee. They played as it went down. Nearer my God, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that was the way it was. I don't know. But I, it's, like one, it's like a story I heard one time about a ship that was going down. And they found there was a preacher in the midst of them. And they said, they said Preacher, do something religious. So he took an offering. But anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> you guys can use that next time you take the offering. <laughs> so, but one of them, though, the captain's name was Edward Smith. Captain Edward Smith. And later on, it came out, and there's been some, of course, there's controversy on all of these things, that he had drunk himself in the in the, not the cafeteria, but the dining room, the civilian dining room, he drunk himself into somewhat of a tipsy state and, uh, and turned the helm or the, the wheel over to a fellow quartermaster by the name of Robert Hitchens um, and went to bed. So, now, we also know that when it hit the iceberg, Edward Smith became a hero because he got up and he did everything he could. He made sure that all of the people uh, got off the ship that they could get off, and he went down with the ship. In fact, in his native town, there's a statue of Edward, Captain Edward Smith. But if the story is true, he may have been a hero later, but he was a little bit of a zero because he got drunk and he went to bed and he turned it over to somebody who probably was a little lit himself, and that was Robert. Hitchens and uh, and uh, so by one account Robert Hitchens made a wrong he zigged when he should have zagged I guess he made a wrong adjustment and that was why the ship hit the ice he also gained notoriety because when they he got on a lifeboat he survived he got on a lifeboat and he was he was they were headed out away and uh, and they they 
had been instructed to try to go back and rescue anybody in the water. And there were those on the boat. One was a lady by the name of Molly Brown, who was a Denver millionaire. And she said, and if you want to read about an interested lady, read about Molly Brown. And Margaret or Molly Brown, she's a fascinating character um, who, who had quite the life and, uh, and uh, undoubtedly was a woman of character and principle. But uh, he was, she began to push him. And, and, and the women on the, of course, there's all women on the, they said, we got to go back and rescue other people. And he didn't want to. He said he was scared that he might get caught in the undertow. He just wanted to get away. And they said, you've got to started. She told the women, start rowing the boat. And this is all, this is all not pertinent, especially to what I'm teaching. Start rowing the boat to get back and rescue these people. And he told them, shut up, woman. And she said, we'll throw you over the side. He backed down. They went. I don't know if they rescued anybody, but she became quite the hero because of that. And like I said, I did a little reading about her. You know, I get I, when I'm researching, I'll, I'll get sidetracked. Brother Nate, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> did a little reading on her. I thought that was quite the gal. But uh, so, but it illustrates the danger of both sleeping on the job and and drunkenness. Do you know that, I don't know if it's still a lot, but during war, up until recently anyway, if you were a watchman, if you were on guard, and you went to sleep, they would execute you. Oh, yeah. They would take you before a firing squad, and they would shoot you. If, you, if you're if you out there, and, and you're on guard, and, uh, and you find out that and somebody comes up and you're sleeping, and they did it. They, it wasn't, didn't happen a lot, but it happened. Well, they took men out and they shot them uh, because they went to sleep. And they had a legal right to do it. Why is that? Because when, and this is so important, because if you're on guard and you go to sleep, you are endangering not just yourself, but everybody in the platoon or the company or whatever that case may be. So Paul writes this scripture in 1 Thessalonians. He said, your children of light. Children of the day, you're not of the dark, night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as to others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But he preceded this portion of Scripture with another portion. And it said of this, beginning in the first Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, first verse, it says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Kind of interesting there because I believe I believe what, what we are looking at here, whenever he talks about the times, he's talking about definite times, like the, the day and, and so on. But when he talks about seasons, he's talking about the climate of the situation. For instance, when I get up in the morning, uh, I, I walk outside and I say, there's fall in the air. Anybody else said that? Anybody else said that? You get out, it's so cool, and, and you can feel that fall. And, and, and it's the same way in the spiritual world. We, we know that we are in a season of the end time. Amen. Right. Jesus said this in Luke in 21 and 25. Brother Nate, I just finished Luke today. Amen. Amen. But uh, Luke 21 and 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, in the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations with perpetually sea and waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear. If you've ever seen a time that this describes us today, there's so much fear in our world today. People are scared half to death. And you know what? 
fear does. Fear is torment. I'll tell you something else fear does. Because of fear, uh, the, 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 we are being conditioned for the mark of the beast and the coming of the Antichrist because of fear. We're being conditioned. We're being set up for it. Amen. I read today, and, I, and let, me, let me say something before I say anything else. I'm not anti-pro-vaccine or anything like that. I'm not anti-vaccine. You want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Some folks have gotten the vaccine here. That's all right. I, I haven't yet because I have antibodies. I haven't checked. And, and, and I'm not going to say that I won't get the vaccine. I'm just, it's just, uh, um, you know, it's, the vaccine is the vaccine. However, what the government has done is by, with this vaccine, is they have used it to condition everybody in the country to a certain thing. They use fear to push us to do things that we might not have done. They have used fear to take away liberties and freedoms that we as Americans have been accustomed to having. Today in, uh, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles County passed I think it was 11, it was the, 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 the county supervisor board, it was 11 to 1 for something like that. They were supposed to have a, a unanimous vote, but they did some little whopper job thing that they do a lot, you know, that, and they were able to get 11 to 1 or 11 to 1 abstention, and they passed a law today, a mandate today, that you cannot go anywhere, almost, and I mean, you, you got to look at the list, Restaurants and shopping centers and theaters and bowling alleys and, and spas and gyms. You cannot go almost anywhere in Los Angeles County with a vaccine card. Now, we would have put up with that a few years ago, but now we've, we've become conditioned. And so I, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that the vaccine's a mark of the beast or anything like that. What I'm saying, though, is we are being conditioned uh, by the things that are being done. And, uh, and, and, and we're, we're getting to the place, or the world is getting to the place, because of fear. And I understand that. I am, I'm going to admit to you, I am scared of COVID. And I have a good reason to be scared of COVID. I spent 17 days in the hospital and seven or eight days on the ventilator. And it was the worst time of my life uh, being in there. And I'm scared of COVID. I'm a little scared of the vaccine. And so you know, I know what it's like to be scared. Now, some people, you know, I was talking to Brother Sister, uh, Brother Betty, Sister Betty, Brother Ruth today, and then they, they got the vaccine and everything was fine. And that works pretty good. Sister Amy, it wasn't so good. But, uh, but so these things sort of happen. But, we, but fear is being used against us, and we do with fear. And so I'm, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm scared of these things sometimes. And I'm not the guy that's scared much. Very little scares me. I'm serious. I'm not fearless, but I'm, I don't walk around scared all the time. But this has been a strange time. And the Bible says in these last days that men's heart will fail them for fear. Right. And looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And then he said this, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth now. Come on now. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says this, and he spake unto them the parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own self 
the summer is now at hand. So likewise, ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye the kingdom of God is now at hand. What is Jesus saying? What was Paul saying? We are on the cusp of eternity. And we're seeing things happen in our society, in our world, that are telling us that the coming of the Lord is soon. We need to think about that. Everything has changed. Morals have changed. The concept of what is right and wrong has changed. What used to be right is now considered wrong. What used to be sin is now considered all right. What used to be uh, 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 bad is now considered good. It's like somebody took the whole world and turned it upside down. Now the only thing that needs to be turned upside down is the gospel. The only thing that needs to turn the world upside down is the gospel. But sin has turned the world upside down. Amen. And so... Then we look at all these things, and, and just a little, just a couple things for our consideration um, that, that I want to mention here. The Bible speaks about the day of the Lord coming, and there are two things. When it talks about the day of the Lord, sometimes it talks about two different days, to be honest with you. First of all is what we call the rapture, of the, or the gathering together of the saints of God. Now, a lot of people, they, they think it's going to happen before the rapture, or before the tribulation, or during the tribulation, or before the wrath, and I'm not going to go into all of that stuff. But we do know there's going to come a time when Jesus comes to take us away. Right. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 and 2 says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. So it's going to be when he gathers his people together. Amen. Amen. We'll sit. The, the trump will sound, the Bible said. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him. In the clouds. Meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And this is talking about what is called the rapture. Or the gathering together of the saints. The church is going to come. Amen. I believe that what's going to happen. Personally. Is that the church is going to be raptured. And taken up into heaven. We'll be in heaven. And uh, and there will be. Uh, there will be what is called the wedding supper of the Lamb. There will also be uh, the judgment seat of works. Uh, which we will go before because the Bible says that everyone is going to stand before the judgment seat. Everyone. So, but it's going to be different things and different situations. The saints are going to stand and our works will be judged. The Bible says some of our works may be burned up with fire, but we'll be saved. I'm not going to go into a lot of depth there if you want to ask me about it later. That's fine. But uh, but I, I believe that we will, there will be a judgment. The Lord, what we have done in this flesh will be judged there, but we'll be saved. We'll be in heaven. Will be judged in that way. And then there's the wedding supper of the Lamb. While the wedding supper of the Lamb is going on and the judgment works, I believe that the wrath of God is going to be poured out on the earth. You do not want to be here when that happens. Right. Amen. Amen. I don't believe the church will be here for that, to be honest with you. I believe that the church is not appointed to wrath and that we will be gone at that time. But then the Bible says in Zechariah 14 and 1, after we've come with, to be with the Lord, where we're there, we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, if you will. Amen. Zechariah 14, 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. Jesus is going to be coming back. Amen. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and this city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and the half of the city shall forth, go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. As when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem in the east. 
And the mount, this is talking about in the future because this has not happened. Some people say, well, maybe that happened in 70 AD. No, this has not happened. This is something that's going to happen. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst of the area toward the east and to the, or the west, and there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And he shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach into his valley. Yea, ye shall flee like as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. This is when Jesus is coming back. And it tells about it in 1911, Revelation 1911. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth make judge and make war. Who is that talking about? That's talking about Jesus Christ. His eyes were splendid with fire, and on his hands uh, were many crowns, and, and he had a name written, and no man knew but himself. I want you to understand something. When Jesus left, uh, amen, he left, uh, he ascended into heaven. Uh, he came back in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, in the uh, manifestation, or the mode, if you will, I don't like to use that word, but, but as, uh, as the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yes. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. He, he came back and he comes into us. The Spirit of Christ uh, that the Bible talks about in Romans 8 chapter. He fills us. Uh, if we have not the Spirit of Christ, uh, we're not kids. Uh, we've got to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, you, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. If you want to make the rapture, you need to repent of your sins. Uh, be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Amen. And so he, he came, you know, but, but when he comes back, he's going to come back. He's going to appear in the clouds. The church is going to meet him in the air, going to heaven with him. And then when he comes back the last time, he's going to come in judgment. Nobody's going to be waiting around saying, Jesus is coming back. And they're going to be saying, oh no, Jesus is coming back. Right. Amen. It says, and their eyes were flames of fire. And it was on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with the vesture, dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Who is this? What did you read today, Brother Dave? Maybe you finished it. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. Word was God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. His name was called the Word of God. That's Jesus. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, amen, and white and clean. And if you look, you can see, if you look through the scripture, who this is talking about. It's talking about the church. It's talking about the saints of the living God. We're going to come back with Jesus. And out of his mouth, God, sharp sword. And with it, he should smite the nations. Like I said, he's coming back in judgment. With the rod of iron, he treaded the wine press of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. I'm telling you, we see Jesus as a crucified and a risen Savior, and he is. We see him as his mercy is renewed every day. We see all of that. But when all of it ends at the very end, after God has given every opportunity to the world to serve Him. After God has, has loved and, 
and, and, and done everything he had after Jesus has shed his blood for our sins and, and offered us and, and he's not willing that any should perish but all would come to repentance and, and for God so loved the world. Amen. And we can go on and on through that. But when it comes down to the last day, Jesus is going to come back in judgment. Amen. He hath on his vest, on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. 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 So, we understand that all of this stuff is coming together. We know that uh, Paul says this, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. For when ye shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh up all men. As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But then he says this. I've talked about all of this. I've talked about all of this. I'm not going to teach a lot longer. Um, I've talked about all of the situations. Jesus coming back. And, and, and Paul talks about darkness. There's ever a time, and I've said this before again and again. There's ever a time that our world is encased in darkness. It's now. You know, there's, there's, if you look through the scripture, you'll find times in the history of man where, where darkness was so deep upon, upon human, humankind. In the days of Noah, in the days of Noah, their thoughts were continually evil. Everybody, the Bible said, everybody, the whole world had been corrupted by satanic urges. And, 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 and it, it was horrible. Everybody, except for one person that found grace in the eyes of the Lord, whose generations were perfect before God. And that was Noah. And because of his righteousness, he was able to see him and his wife and his three sons and their wives saved from the flood. And then we go... We go into um, Sodom, and we, we look at this horrible, sinful city. Not just Sodom, but, but Gomorrah, and there were three other cities of the plain that were horribly sinful cities. One was spared Zoar. I preached about that not too long ago. And, uh, and, and it was just a, a terrible, terrible time. That when, when Abraham beseeched God to spare Sodom, he couldn't even find five righteous people. Five or ten. Help me out. Five. Five righteous people in the city of Sodom. It's like you say, okay, here's Safford. Is there five? There are not even five people who are good here. Everybody's bad. It's not that bad in Safford. Thank goodness. But, but uh, he couldn't even find five righteous people. And so we look at these horrible dark times in, in, in world history. Then you can go through into the last part of Judges when the people of Israel were just so sinful and over and over and over we should be saying. But today we live in a time that I believe the darkness that has descended upon our world, the darkness of sin that has descended upon our world is unparalleled in any other time. And this is why the judgment of God is coming upon the world. And what is the deal here? The deal is, is that we're in darkness, so the world is in darkness. But Paul said, we are not children of darkness. Who's he talking about? The Jews? He's not talking about the Jews in that situation. He's talking about the Romans? He's not talking about the Romans. He's talking about the church 
of the living God. He was speaking to the church in Thessalonica, and he's saying, we, he was just there a few days, and he started preaching to them about the coming of the Lord. You think about that. Starts preaching about the coming of the Lord. And he said, we're not children of darkness. We're children of light. And we need to make sure that we're not drunken or sleeping during this time. Because it's too important. Amen. Amen. I believe that we are headed for a time when things are about to hit the fan, if you will, or whatever. Maybe that's not the right word to use. I don't know. Amen. That was a speech about drunkenness. Now, I'm going to talk about those two situations. Luke 21 to 34 says, Take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day comes on you unawares. So many are so high on the pleasures of the flesh that they are incapable of seeing the train wreck that they're Amen. He said, don't sleep. Ever strength, he got drunk, and he went to sleep. And because of that, Brother Chris, you know how many people drowned on Titanic? You know what day it happened? About 1,200? Over 2,000? 2,000 people drowned. I knew there was a bunch of them. I read all that stuff today, and I forgot. Amen. Why? Because somebody got drunk, and somebody went to sleep. Amen. But Paul writes this in Romans 13, 11. I'm going to close. And then knowing the time, that now it is high time Amen. to awake out of sleep. Amen. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Night is far spent. Day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts of the flesh there. What are you saying, Paul? Paul's saying it's time to take off the old clothing. You know what the Bible tells a story about a Joshua the high priest? The Bible says that. That Joshua stood there. He saw a vision. Joshua stood there. And the devil stood beside him. And Joshua, the high priest in this vision, was clothed in filthy garments. And, and, and the devil was, was condemning him. And he rebuked him. And they clothed Joshua in clean garments. What am I saying? I'm saying the time has come. If you've got something in your life, get rid of it. Lay aside the weights and the sin. Don't be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. Don't let the things of the world get into your heart. Because we are staring, if you will, the coming of the Lord right, right square in the face. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Every 10 years. And some days, some days, Brother Raymond, I have to, I'm a, I'm a news guy. I'm, and some days I have to just go, Turn it off. Amen. Amen. Right. Yes, sir. Read the Bible. Yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> oh. yes, sir. Amen. But here's the thing. We know the Lord is coming. Yes. Yeah. If you're if you're born again, you know the Lord is coming. Come on. Amen. Come on. Amen. 
There's a lot of people out here that need to hear the word of God. Yes, Amen. Yes. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. God, we need you, Lord. I love 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 you,